The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The show you look at Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and it uh, it matters to me because there's some sports to talk about. Always some sports going on in the sports world, but uh, also some sad things to talk about. But I'm not going to get into sad things yet. But I will get into those things. But it's a good day for me today because uh, it's that time. It's that time when I get a friend in the studio with me, and we get to talk about some things. Now, listen. It's kind of hard for me to accept this man as my friend, seeing that them colors that they be wearing all the time when they show up on the football field. But, hey, sometimes we got to make the exception, man. And uh, I'm I'm glad to have my friend Kelvin Fisher in the studios with me. But, Fisher, you look like you're on IR, man. What's going on? Yeah, man, I had a little work done to my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> I think they work a little hard. Listen, if I was at Ohio State, see, and he was at ASU, I think I would be calling, you know, NC2A, man, because I think they're doing some things outside of the limited – uh, time they have to be working on the field because it's like he's been doing some on the field work, you know, did that stiff arm and man, like he got something going on there. But you're gonna be okay, right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm oh, good. that's good, man. Listen, man, it's it's that time of year too, man. It's back to that that rebuilding thing, and I like that. You know, I wish I'd have knew that when I played for the Browns that y'all was gonna be rebuilding every year. You know, maybe we'd have won a couple more games when we uh, when we played you guys. But certainly, uh, it's it's that time of the year again. You guys rebuilding uh, OTAs. I think was a, a week or so ago. Yeah. Actually, uh, mini camps today, uh, tomorrow, and Thursday. Yeah, now let's talk about that. Just so you guys will know, of course, Kelvin Fisher is the scout for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. been doing a great job, an outstanding job, two uh, Super Bowl rings and all that stuff. But let, let me say this, Fisher, in terms of the OTAs and the mini camp, if you will, let, let's explain to some of those people out there who may not know, the OTAs are voluntary, I believe, and, and certain mini camps are mandatory. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like that. Uh, OTAs, um, you know, organized team activities, it is voluntary, but, you know, most, most players are showing up because of the new, uh, CBA, whereas it's only, I think, three or four OTA sessions. And then you have your one, you have your, your rookie mini camp at the, at the end of the draft, where it's just rookies yeah. and I believe, uh, first year players. And then you have your mini camp, which is actually most teams are running their mini camps this week. So this is the last week of, of OTAs, mini camps, whatever you want to call them. And, um, and then teams break and, and they'll, some guys will stay back and work out and the other guys will go home. Um, and then you won't see each other again until training camp at the end of July. And that's interesting you use that word, rookies and, and, and first-year players, because I, I didn't want to bring Tim Tebow into our conversation, but, you know, I'm tired of hearing that Tim Tebow is, is a rookie. You know, you're a rookie one time, 
in the National Football League. If you've been on the roster for an entire season, you know that that, that that's a difference in night and day having a full NFL season under your belt as opposed to just coming in to the National Football League as a rookie. Would would you say Fish that's a complete Well, he's not a rookie anymore and I don't know who's saying he's a rookie. But when he was at when I'm saying a rookie even when he took over at Denver last year yeah. they were saying it was his rookie season yeah. when indeed that was not yeah. there's only one rookie season. Right. Once you come into the league and you've got that full year in there, you've had the A playbook for a year. You're not a rookie in my mind anymore. Well, I mean, you know how it is. They, if you don't play and you're a quarterback, you consider a rookie your first year of playing. So it may be guys in the league that played five years, never started, and finally played. You know, but Tebow is exception because he's Tebow. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it. Even Fish said that Tebow is the exception, and and it's interesting that he's the exception. I'll tell you one person in my mind is the exception because there have been few wide receivers like him. And that's Heinz Ward. And uh, the fact of the matter is for mm, the first time in a very long time, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to line up without Heinz Ward. Is that team going to be a little bit different? Because Heinz obviously brings something to the table that you're going to look for somebody to try to replace that. But how is the team going to be a little different if it is without Heinz well, Ward? Well, I mean, I don't know if, if you noticed last year, you know, they, his role was limited a lot. A lot more than it has in the past, but Hines just brings a different element to the game, and that's where you know we, you know, we may miss that. And, and you know, he's a physical, tough player. He practices hard. He's a great leader. He's a great teacher. Um, those are the things that that I believe you miss as as the things that that you don't see. On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Now, Hines, you know. Hines obviously is old school. You know, Hines coming in, you know, been in the league, you know, decade plus years. And, and, and a young guy come in with a different attitude. You know, you know, one thing about I think he, at least in my mind, from what I saw from the outside, is, is a true professional. You know, particularly his approach to the game and that he's a wide receiver and, and takes pride in the fact that he's a damn good blocker. Right. You know, and, and I would assume that even in practice, that his practice habits are such that, that he's, he's a good example for, for younger players. Who's going to step up and take that to be the new leader in, in your wide receiver group? I mean, I don't know, because Hines was a different guy. Man. The, the one thing that impressed me with Hines is I, I've been on the, on the staff for 12 years, and I believe Hines played 14 or 15 mm -hmm. years. The one thing that impressed me the most about Hines Ward is that he always came to camp as if he was a rookie mm. fighting for his job. Every year, he was the only guy on the field with the tape on the helmet. You remember the old oh, yeah. put the tape oh, on the yeah. helmet with your name on it oh, so yeah. coaches knew who you were? Because they <laughs> called you by your number. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But he practiced at training camp every year that I've been there as if he was a rookie fighting to make the roster. That was the most impressive thing for me to see Heinz work, and obviously it, tr it trickled right onto the field when he played because he played that same way. Um, those are the things that if I could tell any young, young player is never forget how hard you work to make the team the first year and always remember that and always have that approach, and you can play 10, 14, 15 years if you want to.
Yeah, I, I, I believe that as well. I certainly believe, you know, it's almost like staying hungry. You know, you, right. you can't get to the point where you get comfortable in the fact that you have a job and you have a spot on the roster and, and you got a locker with your name on it because those things do slide out and they can slide, yeah. <laughs> they can slide a Very new name easy. in there. But I'll tell you this, what I admire most about Heinz Ward, I think that there, I don't think there's ever been a wide receiver on the football field in the National Football League that when you're playing and you're on defense that you got to keep your head on a swivel because there's a wide receiver no out there that might take you out. And, and, and again, I said I think he took pride in that. But I think, you know, one thing about it, you know, I think Hines has some deceptive speed because many times people might have considered him to be somewhat of a, a possession receiver. In my mind, a possession receiver is the person that catches the damn ball. That's a possession receiver because you don't want to throw it to him and then he don't catch it, then you lose possession. But but Hines has some deceptive speed. Am I correct? I mean, he caused a couple I, touchdowns I, that surprised some you, folks. You know, it, it is funny. Everyone always said he was slow, but I think he had great rack, which is me run after the catch. I think he had great rack. I think he can catch the ball, and I think he knew how to run with the football, whereas some receivers just want to rely on their speed. Some rely on their quickness. He just knew how to run the football, and it was times that he ran the football like he was a running back. Yeah, and I, I like that, too. You know, you talk about, you know, the rack yards and his ability to run the ball. I think that's a, a, a football player that is able to see the entire football field. Right. Because when you run like that, then chances are, you know, you're going to run away from some contact. Because you know how it is. Sometimes you could try to cut back, and you're not seeing the whole football field, and you, you run right into a linebacker. And and I think Hines did a tremendous job of doing it. And you're exactly right. There's no doubt about it. You know, Hines Ward was not necessarily a player that was going to necessarily catch the ball and just try to get down. Right. You know, he was trying to get a couple extra yards. And, and in many cases, I, I think that was good for the team. How do you think Ben will feel losing his security blanket? Because I think that was a security blanket well, for Ben. And, and, I, and, and Hines was. But, you know, there's always a receiver or a running back or a lineman that's waiting for that chance to be that that guy, that, that security blanket, that, that main receiver. That and, and I think we have one. I think we have one, and I think, you know, that player will step up. You know, But I, I want to say this too, Ray. I don't know if you remember this, when Hines first came out of college. And I, he was a quarterback. I, he was a quarterback, he was a running back, and he was a receiver. I, I just, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong. I just remember watching the Tennessee game. They them playing Tennessee. I think it was Tennessee. I'm almost positive. And he did play quarterback, running back, and receiver in that game. And um, and I thought it was just. I thought it was a special game. But when you watch that game, and and if you 14 years later, he st- he was still that same guy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He was that athlete that can run the ball, that can catch the ball, that can throw the ball through his whole pro career. He was still that same guy. So, you know, they did a good job. I wasn't with the still at the time. They did a good job of scouting them. They, get, they did a good job of seeing what they have with them. I mean, and, and that, you know, with that being said, there's a lot of players out there that teams are drafting that, you know, hopefully you can develop them into the player that you see or the player you saw and, you know, and for us, we got Chris Rainey. You know, we drafted Chris Rainey from Florida, fast kid, not a very big kid. He played running back. He played receiver. I mean, but you have to be able to develop him, and then you have to be able to utilize him the right way and get the value out of him. 
You know, in the National Football League, it's always hard to step into the shoes, and particularly you always hear about somebody trying to replace a quarterback. But but in this particular case, we're, we're talking about a receiver and trying to replace a receiver. And, and we talked about we're not sure if somebody's going to be able to do that. But, but let me just say this. Uh, one thing for sure that we know about Hines Ward is – He's done some spectacular things on the football field that, that throws his name up there with some of the greatest Pittsburgh Steelers receivers of all time and also those who are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Is Ken waiting on Hines? Is there a seat waiting uh, Ken I, to for Hines? I, I can't see why not. I definitely, I mean, there's no question in my mind that he's a Hall of Famer. And, 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 and I'm hoping that, you know, because sometimes it happens that for some reason or another, people that perhaps maybe should, you'll make it as a first ballot. I certainly think that Chris Carter should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's some other issues that people have about Chris Carter, but I'm talking about what Chris Carter did on the football field. I think that Chris Carter will get in. It, you know, it probably should be in, you know, real soon, but it hasn't happened as of yet. Do, do you think Hines will have any trouble you know, making it as a first ballot Hall of Famer because he's had a, a couple little issues, but we know have nothing to do with that man on the football field and what he did and what he gave to Pittsburgh Steelers football for so long. I mean, I, I think Heinz Ward is probably one of favorite Pittsburgh Steelers of all time. Oh, no question he was. In that community I mean, there. I mean, he, he is definitely one of the all-time favorites, and I, I think he'll get in with no problems. I mean, this is the MVP of the Super Bowl. This is a guy who... Bypassed Starworth and Swan. I mean, this this guy did so many things in his career. I mean, this guy played special teams when his first two years was leading tackler. And, and and I mean, how do you not? He did it the right way for 14 years. I mean, yes, is he a first time ballot Hall of Famer? I think it's no question. Yeah, I, I didn't think I'd ever find myself in a position where I would be championing the efforts of, of one making it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame from that place, uh, you know, a little east of uh, Ohio. But uh, I like I like everything about Hines, man. I like the way he played football. I mean, I think if, you know, if, if you want to uh, draw up a profile of a football player, I think you could put Heinz Ward's picture right next to it, and I think uh, very few people would object to that. I'm going to tell you, listen, if you can get the respect of Ray Lewis and you're a wide receiver, I think that, that says a lot. I just like the way – I love the way Ray Ray played the game, and, and he has a lot of respect for Heinz Ward. As a matter of fact, you know, it seems that when that game is to be played, Ray might be one of them linebackers with his head on a swivel. <laughs> no question, right? <laughs> you know, uh, there's a little history there. But, uh, listen, I've, I've been enjoying this part, talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, I got my friend Kelvin Fisher in the studios with me. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I hear a little music in the background, so we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about basketball. Plus, i got another special guest in the studios with me as well. I'm going to hold out on you on that one, though. Just come back. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my man Fish in the studios with me, Kelvin Fish, your scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Twelve years, wow, that's a long time, man. But been doing an excellent job. Of course, the Steelers is back to their normal practice of rebuilding, reloading, not rebuilding, reloading. Excuse me, I was just, uh, it looked like the Browns might be trying to rebuild, so I, I got a little confused, you know, that could be at times, you know. But uh, listen, we're going to talk a little basketball, but before we go to basketball, I got another friend in the studio. I got my man Dwayne Milner in. Uh, Dwayne is from uh, Elevated Sports Management. Dwayne, how you doing there, man? Fine, how you doing? Good, good, good. And, and Elevated Sports Management, exactly, you guys do what? Um, we do a couple of things. Uh, first of all, we do business management and uh, concierge services for professional athletes. Um, so really what we do is we try to go out there and help uh, some of those guys with endorsement deals um, from a business management perspective. We also try to help these guys market themselves uh, both on and off the field and help them start planning for their future uh, once they're finished playing the game. Oh, well, that's good, man, because anytime there's anybody out there that are trying to help athletes prepare themselves, particularly for life, after the game, uh, you know, that's uh, I, I think that's something that more attention needs to be paid to. I think early in, uh, intervention is extremely important. I think these guys need to understand that, uh, you know, the NFL stands for not for long. Right. And they need to start right, preparing right. as early as possible. But I tell you what, we ain't going to talk about the NFL. We're going to talk about a little bit of basketball, right you know. Okay. Uh, and, and I'm going to bring fish into this thing, too, man, because, listen, <laughs> there's some football players that are basketball players and some basketball players that's football players. They, and they do damn good, right, you know. Right, right. Uh, you know, and I think really, if, you know. You know, that's something that we used to do back in the day. The Steelers, you guys have off-season basketball yeah, games? They, they still playing them? Yeah, they still they still play. Who, who, who the best hooper out there of the Steelers? Have you Ooh. seen who, who, think, who I, thinks they're the best hooper and then who really is the best hooper? You know, I haven't I haven't seen them play. I think I've seen them play once like two years ago, I believe it was. Surprisingly, Ben Rothenberg is a pretty good hooper. Ben got game? <laughs> no, no, Ben ain't got no game, man. Ben, ben can play. Um, uh, Brett Kiso. You know, he, he's a dunk master. Mm. Um, the, the real athlete, Dennis Dixon, was really good. Uh, Monday was really good. Um, but it, it, I, w- I was surprised with Big Ben. Some, yeah. He, wow. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, he, nice jumper, nice, you know, he, 
he kind of had a nice little game, and you wow. could well, you, you could tell he played. Yeah, yeah, there you, you go, there you go. Well, and, that, and that's the thing about it, man. Right. You know, it's it's a thing. Whereas you got the best athletes in the world, so if they're the best athletes in the world, you know that they play multiple sports. sports. So it probably right. wouldn't surprise you that you that you see the talent on the football field. And speaking of that, I think we got one up. At least Ohio got one up on on Pennsylvania on this one, you know, because we got LeBron James. In the championship, no, no. you know, so so let, let's talk a little bit about the Miami Heat, and, and let's talk a little bit about OKC. Now, now, Dwayne, you know these kinds, these services that you provide, you know, I'm sure they're not exclusive just to football. Right. So you got to be watching a little basketball as, as you as you've been watching this tournament going on. First of all, let me ask you: at the beginning of the season, did you expect that perhaps maybe OKC would be in it against Miami? Did you have either one of those two teams possibly making it to the championship? Series? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, both of those guys. Um, making it I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that they made it and I think it was a long journey but um, you know after these uh, playoff games these guys have been in I think you you really see why both teams are here and I'm glad that they are here because I think a lot of people wanted to see this matchup yeah I think this is the matchup that people wanted to see but fish as this as this playoff series started getting closer and closer it didn't really look like these were the two teams that's gonna get there because first of all the Spurs came out right. real hot right. and then Boston was you know, they act like they could find some some new life someplace. So they all it almost they almost didn't make it. Did you think that this final that we have right now, once the playoffs started, did you think it would be these two teams? I, when 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 Oklahoma City played San Antonio for the first time, you know, I was like, oh man, they San Antonio may take these young dudes. Right, but right. but at the end of the day, <laughs> them young guns just had them legs, man, and it was they they ran them. For four games straight, I mean, but they never say they never was tired, week night in and night out, and and, and with Boston, you know, you had Miami win the first two, and you're like, uh oh, and all of a sudden Boston got some, you know, some energy from somewhere. Somewhere now, now, and, and I will say this: I think Boston squeaked out a game in Miami, um, uh, but I mean, I'm sorry, in Boston, mm-hmm. but um, and and then at the end of the day. LeBron did what everyone's been waiting for him to do. Right. right. Now, I, I might ask you that, Fish, because, you know, many times, different than football, you know, basketball, a lot of times you do zero in on one person. You expect that person to step up. You know, in football, you got 11 people. Even if you got Big Ben, if the left tackle misses his block, Big Ben can't get it done. You know, in, in basketball, if they double LeBron pressure, you expect LeBron to give it up to somebody else as opposed to him to try to force something. But it's a little different. W- would you say that in football it's harder to expect one person to get the job done than it is in basketball? Oh, no question, because at crunch time, I mean, like, like my saying is, a quarterback can throw for four, for four, four or 500 yards in a game, but in crunch time, if he can't get it done, he can't complete those passes, and the receiver can't catch those passes. Then he ain't gonna get it done. And he can, if he can, if he throws three passes to a receiver, and the receiver drops all three of them, those those are three incompletions in his stats. They're not three drops for that receiver. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I mean, so you need, like you said, you need that left tackle, that right tackle to hold their blocks. You need that receiver to catch the ball. You need that running back to get that blitz pickup. Everything, everything got to be almost perfect. For you to have that clutch winning drive, I mean, and granted, the quarterback may make a clutch winning throw. Mm-hmm. The receiver may make may a clutch winning catch. 
Someone may have a clutch, a clutch winning block through the course of a 10 play, a play drive, but someone every place is someone different. Whereas in an in a, in a NBA, yeah, you can give the ball to one guy, isolate, and say, you make this last shot to win the game. Right. Yeah, you know, that, and that's so interesting because when, when you look at it like that and you, and you break it down like that, there are very few times where an NFL player is going to kind of just take he can't I can't see an NFL player really taking right. a game over because there are too many other moving well, right, parts that's right, extremely right. uh you know in order for that to, to happen you got to have everything go right I remember in high school one time first time in my life we ever did what I would call a perfect play it was it was a draw play you kind of reach around the guy and mm. every single person got every block they were supposed to get even the receivers downfield everybody went down there boom chopped their man down like you're supposed to when I look at basketball I remember the Knicks, uh, when, when the Knicks was playing Indiana, and Reggie Miller must have scored about nine points in about nine seconds, you know, <laughs> those things, you know, that you, you can see something like, I mean, it doesn't usually happen, right. but you can see how one person can make one, those right. plays right. by themselves, right. but in football, you need too many people to make a play, and then on the other side, of course, I've been a part of the drive, and I've seen those other things. Well, but we'll, we'll, we'll want to talk about that, but 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 certainly when I when I look at this this basketball game the way it is, uh, you know, in terms of pressure, you know, you know, you you got a guy like like Ben Roethlisberger who plays there in, in Pittsburgh, and you know, it was years afterwards, but of course, we always will remember, you know, that's kind of the house that that Terry and the boys built, you know. Did Ben have that kind of pressure on him? I mean, in football, I don't know if the pressure is as is is as intense as it is in in basketball because you can identify one person. There is Michael Jordan. There is Kobe Bryant. You know, if if you will, you know, in football, you know, there's a number of Terry Brass or somebody else, you know, Tom Brady might come into the question as being maybe the greatest, you know, player ever at the court. You know, you, you, you also got Joe Montana, you know, but in, in, in basketball, I, I think the intensity in terms of the pressure of a basketball player to deliver because we can draw a, a, a direct comparison to you and this other guy. I think it's a little bit more. Do you think Ben feels as much pressure as LeBron felt to be a champion? Fish. I, I think he felt pressure in his own way because he wanted to do it. He wanted to get it done. Um, and I feel that he probably feel pressure when it comes to crunch time because he has won so many games on drive that, you know, he made some key component plays in those drives. Um, and, and, and let's not forget, man, the media puts pressure on people by making it seem like he did it. He did it. He did it again. He did it again. And, and, and just like the Super Bowl, we go on, you know, we go on the drive and he completes a pass to San Antonio in the corner. Now granted, that was a great throw. Great but it also too. was a great catch. So it goes hand in hand. So I mean, I, I think it's, it's the, the pressure's a little different, I believe, in football. Than in, in in basketball, and I think sometimes the pressure in basketball is a single twenty four seconds because you get the ball, you got twenty four seconds to score, and I think in football sometimes it's a drive, mm. so you get four downs in the first play. If you don't succeed, you go to the second second down. So it's a little different type of pressure too. I mean that ball's in your hand, 
I mean, you saw the the game when Miami and uh, Boston went overtime. Yes. LeBron had the ball. I think he got the ball in his hands with like 16 seconds. Mm-hmm. He had 16 seconds to score. That's pressure. Right. Whereas you don't score, you got to go in overtime. If you score, you win. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's a different type of pressure. Well, you know, Dwayne, you know, he talks about a different kind of yeah. pressure. And he talks about, you know, two different sports. You know, but when when you look at it, the bottom line, you know, they say championships um, are really the determining factor. So great player or not, in your mind, if LeBron doesn't win a championship, is he still going to be considered one of the greatest players of all time? There's a lot of guys in the Pro Football Hall of Fame that have never won a Super Bowl. Right. In basketball, does LeBron James really need to win an NBA championship to be considered one of the greatest of all time? I think he needs to. I think he needs to. And and, and, the reason and you work with, you know, you talk about endorsement deals and all that <laughs> type of stuff. So that, you know, does I, he need that? I think he needs to. And you go back to the whole pressure conversation. and, uh, and, and But I, because I think a lot of LeBron's pressure right now is self-inflicted by the way that he left Cleveland. Right, so a lot of that pressure is on him now to win because that's well, what he's going to do. Let's talk about that, Dwayne. What's wrong with the way he left and Cleveland? To me, there's nothing wrong with the way he left Cleveland. But you have to admit that the majority of the fans out there right now had a problem with the way that he left Cleveland, especially people in Cleveland. Yeah, I, <laughs> and I, I agree with that. I, I was even on Facebook, and I, I'm born and raised Canton, Ohio. In fact, we right. share the airport that LeBron James is from Akron, Ohio. It's right. Akron Canton Airport. Right. Right. And one of our city council people was on on Facebook. Right. I mean, calling him name other than a child of God. Right, right. And it's like, wait a second, you're supposed to be a role model. This man is just, he got a job someplace else. Who cares right. if you had an opportunity and you didn't leave? Right, right, What's right. that got to do with LeBron? Right. He's just exercising the rights within the rules of the profession to go play ball someplace else. Right. So, again, for the people in Akron, Ohio, and in Cleveland, and in Canton, they felt a little bad. But uh, I, I really think that he still... If he never wins a championship, if he leaves the NBA tomorrow, he's one of the greatest talents we've ever seen to step on a basketball court. Agreed, agreed, agreed. agreed. And and, and I I think perhaps maybe there are people being a little bit unfair because the man has been, also he's been great to the city of Cleveland because, Fish, you know, Pittsburgh is one of those small market teams. Uh, Cleveland is a small market team. And yet and still, you got some of the best talent in the world on those teams, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think anybody has more Super Bowl rings than you guys have, okay? The Cleveland Cavaliers, you had the greatest player at that time, even, well, when he came out of high school, he wasn't quite there yet, but here it is seven years into the league, you know, LeBron James is, it might be nine years, yeah, LeBron James is, you know, one of the best players to ever step on the basketball court, and I hope that uh, that he wins the championship, but I believe, I do I have to take a break here? No, yeah, I do got to take a break. We're going to take a break, we're going to come back, we're going to still talk about a little bit more about basketball, but we're also going to talk some other things. So come back, listen to what I have to say and what my guests have to say. I got Dwayne Milner and of course my man Calvin Fisher in the studio. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. That music was a little fast, so I got to talk a little faster. But uh, we're going to break it on down. Kind of like, uh, you know, my old man George Clinton said, you know, George said, you know, it, it, you know, Parliament had a thing. It wasn't real fast. It wasn't real slow. It was right in the middle. So we're going we gonna to keep it right in the middle there. So uh, let's get back to, uh, you know, some basketball. And, and before we left, I was, of course, uh, talking to my man, uh, Dwayne Milner from Elevated Sports Management and Kelvin Fisher, uh, number one scout in the National Football League <laughs> with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, so I had a couple of things I want to talk to him as related to basketball. So let me let me just get back to to, to, to basketball because they like football fish last year. They, they had a little interruption in their schedule, you know, and and they were able to step back on on the court. When when there's interruption in the profession, uh, you know, you being a part of that, does it does does it does it does it mess things up in terms of the preparation for the season and the expectations? The expectations, I would assume, I don't care what team you play for, is still a championship. But when there's an interruption in the schedule, in terms of you know how much practice you get a chance to put in, you know how much studying you get a chance to to put in. Is there a change of the expectations from your players because of this? No, I, I mean, I think, you know, you're a, you're, you're a professional. So during that time that you're not doing what you have done in the past, you got to continue to work. So I think when, they, when the players come to camp, um, they're ready to work. Now, it's probably a little fast pace, you know, to get caught up. And, and 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 sometimes the younger guys may struggle because it's you know they didn't have the opportunity to learn in the month of uh, May and June, so you know the veterans is going to get they're going to roll the the rookies is the ones who's going to you know maybe struggle a little and and with that being said then they they'll pick it up by game four they you know because that. It, you do the numbers, you mm-hmm. do the, the timeline, the timeline that they'll they'll have it they'll have it together by by game four. Now in the NBA, I'm sure it's the same thing. Um, but them guys was working. They, yeah. The bottom line is, you know, no one was sitting around just saying, you know, I'm wait to camp. 
everyone was still working. And I think um, our test, for example, he came in, if I'm not mistaken, I was reading an article that he came in and he really wasn't in, in, shape. in the shape that he that he normally in. Um, but when he got in shape, yes, you know, and it, it might have been three weeks into the season or whatever, he was back to himself. Now, but but one you thing you, I'm sure you probably agree on this: a veteran probably has that luxury. If he was a rookie, he'd probably be gone. He may have been, he might have been cut because he might not have been able to perform in that four weeks condensed. Uh, training camp and, and probably and, and, and there's some system adjustments that he probably wouldn't have right. would be to a disadvantage and, as well and, and 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 really I think the 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 deal with the NBA because um, I think they were playing five games in seven days yes they were I think that took some wear and tear on some of those older players and that was and that's what was so amazing that Boston was in uh, well, semifinals well when you when you it. when you was hearing the whole time of Boston going into the playoffs. They was injured. Yeah. Everybody was that's, injured. That's right. Ray Ray was injured. Garnett was injured. Paul was injured. I mean, and then the last the semi the uh, Eastern Conference Championship fourth game of the uh, Conference Championship they start talking about they start feeling a little healthy. Yeah, and they start they winning games. But I mean, that was aware of playing. You know, they I mean that's unbelievable. I'm watching the TNT. Uh, one Tuesday watching the game, and they were saying, "Yeah, teams are playing four games in five nights." Yes, like I was sitting there, like, "There's no that that <laughs> that's the I mean, that's hard to do, and that's why they're great athletes." Right. Yeah, right. yeah, and and and, and Dwayne, of right. course, you know what Fish just said. On the other hand, you look at it, and at the start of of the playoffs. You got the San Antonio Spurs, one of the oldest teams in the NBA, right. and they look like they found the fountain of, of youth. <laughs> but then it, it appeared that it must have it must have run out it on did. them. Right. It, it, it must did. it must have caught did. up on them. And so some of the we, so as you approach you, you, you work with these various ball players, you know do they do they talk about the season getting long or being long? I know when I was a rookie, right, the adjustment of a professional NFL schedule. And the college schedule, it's almost two seasons, you know, because right, you play right. 16 games, you got four preseason games, and you in training camp. Right. That, that's two college football seasons. So working with younger players, trying to get them prepared, whether it be for the NBA or the NFL, are there some things you share with them in terms of, hey, guys, coming to this league, you know, about being a professional uh, as it, re- as it uh, relates to preparing for your craft right I think a lot of it is just reminding them where they came from because a lot of these guys are already hard workers in the first place right uh, uh, and you probably know this. both of you guys know this you know you just don't fall around and just make it to the NFL right there's a lot of hard work that goes into that and and a lot of these guys have put in work to get there it's all about reminding them what they did to get there and making sure that they stay on that path and uh, sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes it takes a lot of tough love to get them, you know, <laughs> snap back on track. But uh, most of, sometimes it just has to happen, you know. But most of the time those guys get back on track and they make it happen. It's a long season sometimes, just like you mentioned. And, and you know, you go back to that conversation about Boston and, and even San Antonio. Um, you know, a lot of that experience took those guys a long way. But oh, it is San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, now, right. and you know, but you, you touched on the experience. And, okay, see, not very much experience there. So do do you expect them to be able to go in and, and compete? They're just playing basketball, but there's so much more. And, and and fish, you know this when you go to the Super Bowl, it, which is like the NBA championship. But when, you know, I'm gonna tell you what I really do like about 
the Super Bowl is different than NBA championship. And I think they should do this. It's not going to happen. I think, okay, you have those series of elimination, but when you get to the championship, just play one game. Just play one. Now, it ain't going to happen, but just play one game. But you know that that stage for the AFC championship and, 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 and the playoff don't compare to that Super Bowl stage. Talk to me a little bit, if you will, and all those other folks out there about that big stage that these young fellas now are going to be on and how much different it is than that championship series stage. Well, it, it, what's funny is when you talk to the veterans and you hear them talking to the rookies, it goes from preseason, okay, we're in the regular season, it picks up, the game is faster, to the playoffs, oh, the game is faster, to the AFC championship game, the game is three, four times faster, to the Super Bowl. Now, with that being said, there's so many distractions that you got to stay focused because now it's four or five times faster, and there's there's a longer halftime, there's a longer break on commercials. There's things that, that you really have to prepare for mentally in the Super Bowl and in the AFC Championship that you don't have to prepare for in the playoffs, in the regular season. I mean, you, you watch a regular season game, what, two, three hours, two and a half hours? Three hours, yeah. You know, Super Bowl is what, four? Yeah. Four and a half hours? It's a, it's a different, it's a different mental stage. And that's where young guys struggle. And and you hoping that your rookie hits the wall game eight and not game fifteen mm. or game fourteen or game thirteen. You hope they hit that wall in game eight. Now if they hit it in game eight, will that help they go, him? It's they're gonna bounce back because normally when you hit that wall, your body is just like shutting down. Don't you know? Oh man, I, I didn't play the whole season already. Cause you think about it, that's that's two months and that's twelve games when you when you think about it. It's twelve games, mm-hmm. it's not eight, it's twelve because it's four preseason. And as a rookie, you play in every preseason game and not only do you play in it, you're trying to make the team. You're trying to do the things that you always do. So you hit that wall. Now it takes some time, you know, for you to learn your body. You know what I'm saying? To figure out how do I bounce back? What did I do in game five, six, seven, and eight? That made me feel good. That made my body feel good. The recovery. Because let's face it, man. You play on Sunday, you're banged up. It takes you all day Monday and all day Tuesday to recover so you can just run on Wednesday at practice. Now, granted, the NFL is off on Tuesday. It's a little light on Monday. But it takes you those two days. It takes that, that 48, 52, 56, 58 hours after the game to recover just to practice on Wednesday. And that's why you have some vets that don't practice until Friday. Yeah, you know, and that, that you know, when you look at basketball, now we you know, we, we let's carry this over to basketball, like you said. And that's why I'm I'm doing a comparison of of, of the two championships and, and how difficult it must be because I I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. You know how it is the Super Bowl and, and, and it's it's a mental approach because you know football is one and done. Basketball, they say win or go home, but you got you got seven games right. to try to win. Well, you got four to try to win because then you you out. The best of right. four, best of seven is out. But if you approach each game that you given everything you got each game, Dwayne, really, if you think about it, man, in basketball, it's got to be hard as heck, you know, to go to this next level, to take it up another level, and unlike football, where they just expect you to do it for one game. You got to do it for the best of four. And, I, and I'm just wondering mentally, 
if, if, if these young men, fish, you know, in basketball, guys could just go out and run basketball. In fact, I had a guy on my show here. Shout out to, to Mark Armstrong. Mark was talking about basketball as a game to be played, not to be coached. OKC, it looks like they would like to play it that way. They would like for the game to be played and not coached. They can run up and down the court all day long because they're so much younger. But but you got Dwayne and LeBron, who I think going to bring that mental aspect to this particular game. Do you think that the mental or the physical aspect will rise in this series? Ooh, uh, that's a tough one. But I do have a question for you, first Uh-oh. of all. I got a question <laughs> for you. How, and then I'll get back to answer that question, but uh, they, they continue to talk about Dwayne Wade and, and his knee. Do you do you think that that's going to have an impact on this game, or do you think he's really injured? Well, well, I, I think he really is injured, but I also, you know, I I I, I know they got some nice medicine cabinets in the NBA. They got right. them in football, right. <laughs> you know, right. and right. and those medicine cabinets they show up right. on game day a lot of times. You can right. see it, right. it like night and day. Right, right. You know, yeah. you, you know, cats can't even they hobble off the court next thing you know they <laughs> they go into the locker room halftime and they come back out. And I think the mental mentality, the will to win. I, I think, see, Dwayne has been there. He has a he has a championship ring. It's almost like if I, on your on your way here. I believe you guys got lost the first time, right, but right, Fish right. had been here before, right. so he got you here. <laughs> Dwayne has been there, so he knows when to panic if you panic at all. And, 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 and to remind the guys, you no know, guys, it, it ain't over yet. Even if they lose tonight, which I don't think they're going to lose tonight, it ain't over yet. You don't panic. You know, you know, unlike the Cardinals did when Fishner made that the greatest play in the world I've ever seen in my life just before halftime. It, man, that game was over in the Super Bowl when they beat the Cardinals. That was over. You ain't never seen nobody return an interception like that, running over people, moving out the way, jumping over people, running 99 yards. It just doesn't happen. But you got to have somebody who's got, you know, the mental strength to say, hey, guys, it ain't over with. I don't know if anybody with the exception, and, and I don't believe, see, Fish never took an overhand right in any playoffs when he was with the Lakers because I think Fish and Kobe and them just about won all they, they, they right. championships right. Right. together. Right. Right. So I don't know if Fish has ever been hit by that overhand right. They had Big Shot Rob. They had everybody. They was throwing them overhand, them right. haymakers. Right. But... That's what I com- I'm concerned about with OKC. I know they got Mo Cheeks on the bench. They got Scotty Brooks as the head coach. And, 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 and Mo went through a couple of things before right. he won his championship. Right. And I'm looking for them to spotlight Mo Cheeks in this championship series because I think, I think he might be the hidden gem that's helping these young guys get through it because he played with Doc and them. They were a little bit older than him and right. things like that nature. Right. But, but it's interesting that, that you say that, but I, I think Dwayne Wade will make it through that. And and I think the medicine man will come be a part of helping him out too, but it's all uh, it's all good. But I, I I think they will. Okay, I think we need to take a break. I'm gonna take this break. Then I'm gonna come back. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'm gonna dig a little deep into the stuff that Mike is. Uh, I mean, that Dwayne is doing with the ball players, man, because it's important. You need to have all the support systems in place when you want to play these great games of basketball and football and baseball. Pro Sports. We'll be right back after this message. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bench his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Yeah, I like that beat right there. I probably could do some spitting on that beat right there, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> this is the Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Got my man Dwayne Milner in with me, and, of course, uh, Kelvin Fisher, uh, number one scout in the world. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers is here with me. But, you know, before we went to that last break, of course, uh, Dwayne uh, asked me a question, I, and I, I gave him the long version of my answer, so we didn't get a chance to get to some of the things that I wanted to because I was so long-winded. But I wanted... Dwayne, I wanted you if you could, because this, this is the last segment of the show. Right. right. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, some of the things that you're doing uh, at the professional level, uh-huh. are you also doing some things with some younger kids? Yes, well? yes, definitely, definitely. And uh, that's that's probably one of the, the, the things that I, I really love the most is uh, doing the stuff with the youth athletics. Uh, right now, uh, we uh, we started a, a company called Elevate Academy, which is... Elevate Academy. Uh, Elevate Academy. Which, is there a website for that? Uh, it's oh, under construction right now. It's okay. coming. It's okay. coming. It's okay. coming. So it'll be out uh, pretty quickly here within the next week, actually. Okay. Uh, but what we what we try to do with those guys is we have first of all we have an eight week uh, academy where uh, it's it's football driven. We do speed and agility uh, with youth uh, eight through high school, and uh, it's invitation only. Uh, so we go out and try to select kids that uh, are, are extremely hard workers, uh, have some uh, some football ability, and uh, we try to give them a little bit extra because I know growing up, uh, you know, I I didn't have a lot of that instruction. I just had to kind of figure it out on my own. Uh, I didn't have anybody who played a professional sport, whether it be baseball, basketball, or football, to kind of help me through until I got to the to the college level. So uh, what we really try to do with those guys is focus on teaching them uh, nuances of the game of football. It's, it's, it's definitely uh, football driven, uh, and we do some speed and agility stuff to try to make them a little bit better. And then, obviously, uh, you know, as they continue to get older, take them through this entire process, and also educate them as well as the parents about this recruiting process. So, anybody that wants to seek out um, um, some advice or some assistance on the recruiting process, if their young athlete is is good enough and, and going through that process, you know, we try to help those guys. Well, you know, what's really interesting, I, I like the fact that you said there's some things that perhaps maybe people aren't aware of. People people don't know. 
And, and there are a lot of parents out there that are forced into, into a situation that it's their first time ever. Right. And, and they don't know who to turn to or right. where to turn to. Right. Uh, let me ask you, based upon just your growing up and your experience and looking back over your lifespan, of some things that maybe that you didn't know. What are some of those things that, hey, I didn't know until I went through it that it's important for those people to know, and I want to share that with them. What are just a couple of those things you might think of? Hey, I, you know how we always say, I wish I knew then what I know now. <laughs> what is it that you know now that you have to share with some of these people? Don't give them all of it because they got to join. Well, you know, a lot of the things that I hear parents say now uh, when they come to us, especially in a football capacity, is, you know, I talked to a certain company or a certain group of people, and you know, they basically told my kid that they could get them a scholarship, you know, and, um, um, you know, oh, that's true, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I got a whole lot of other stuff. I can yeah, tell hey, you too, but hey, ahead, I know, right? Ahead. That's a lie. Uh, but you know, it, I, I, I don't like that. It, it hurts the industry as a whole when and guys go and do that, you know. Uh, and and for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, the the athlete himself is really the only one that, that can get themselves a scholarship because they got to go out there and play, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, whatever. They got to go out there and they got to play. And you know what? I, I'm just gonna step up and tell you. I love that. I, yeah. You know, that's yeah. honesty yeah. because I, I yeah. know even in dealing with some agents back in right. the day right. Right. and right. even today, right. that same and, and at that at the pro level is that I can get you drafted. <laughs> right. At the college level, is that <laughs> right. I can get you right. a scholarship. Right. Right. See, and, right. and 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 the fish we ain't gonna bring you in today. <laughs> right. We, we right. Keep right. It, you can keep going to stay right here. But, but I do. I'm, I'm glad that misnomer that people believe. Oh, somebody can do that. Right. Right. That somebody stepping up and being honest is that talent. Right. Is gonna get you exactly. your scholarship. And your grades, exactly. your GPA, exactly. and your transcript, exactly. and your character, right. and things of that nature. Right. And then let's let's talk a little bit, a little bit. If I could, Fish, can I just ask you a little bit of character question? I because I, I, I like to know this. Because there's some things that happen at Auburn University, man, it's just, just tugging at my heart. And I'm not saying that the guys at Auburn did anything wrong. I'm not saying that I'm thinking they were they, they got killed. They obviously were victims, but they were football players. So obviously the first thing people think that they did something wrong. But I do know that when you go out, there is some intangibles, and I'm, I'm talking about maybe, you know, what do you look for in a player in terms of, man, this is the ideal player. I, if a kid, you know, had these things in place, you know, he, he'd handle his business like this. Tell me about a player that you like to see when you walk on a campus. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, um, the first thing, he has to be a player. He has to be a good player. A that's good the talent player. part. We talked about that's the talent. You know, and, and, and you want clean, you want clean character, but you want a guy who do have a little edge to him. And I ain't saying a bad guy, just a guy who's got some toughness, some, 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 uh, some moxie about himself. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying you want that guy who goes out on Friday night and Saturday night every night and go drink beer and then get into a bar fight. No, nah. I'm saying the guy who goes to the bar, drinks beer, and if someone happened to mess with him, he knows how to conduct his business. Mm. But he's not going to put himself in a situation that he has to conduct his business. You see what I'm saying? Like that guy who you always hear people say, if I had to go in the alley and I had to take someone with me right. to have my back. Right. I want this guy. Yeah. Right. But you never hear of this guy right. Right. in that type of trouble. Yeah. That's that. Right. I mean, th that's the character. When you hear that, that's not bad character. You want that that tough guy and and that physical guy and that guy with heart. 
But you want that guy that's also smart. Yeah, and I, and I, and I think that's yeah. extremely important because, you know, I think a lot of times these kids, it's bad judgment and it's a lack of discretion. Listen, I, you know, I, and I'll be honest, I'll say this right here on the air. You know, I was one of those kids that there's two times, my life, three times my life could have been taken from me. Right, one right. time I got stabbed in the face. Right. The second time a guy pulled a knife on me on the basketball court. And the third time a guy walked up to me with a pistol in his hand and put it to my head and pulled the trigger. Now, all those times that those things happened, my life was spared. But what I also did is I didn't do the foolish thing and, and retaliate. Right. No question. I, I was smart enough and I used the discretion that guess what? No, not this time. Right. Because, you know, it's not a fair fight. Right. And, and many times I think what these young guys are doing is, and first of all, maybe the fellows that they're hanging with also may not be their best friends because you need to put, instead of us saying, yo, let's get them. We need to say, man, no, that we need to walk away from right. this. Right. And and I, I just would hope that some of the young men would do a better job of choosing their friends and and not be afraid to exert some leadership. Because, listen, man, if walking away from a fight don't mean you a coward. No right. question no at all. It don't mean you no a coward. And I, and I think, see, you know, it's almost like, a, and that's what I tell people. A, a lot of things that I learned to do, I learned from football because, listen, a, a dude might get me wrong. He might clip me. Right. But I can't go back and get him. I'm going to get him. Right. <laughs> I'm going to get him the right way. Right. But I'm going to get him. I mean, and there's, there's guys, and then I always say this, there's guys who act like they're tough, they ain't go on the football field, and they're the softest dude on the, t- on the field, and, and you can't even, you don't even understand why. Yeah. Because when you're out, you act tough. But at the end of the day, there's true toughness and there's fake toughness. Wow. You got to be able to figure out. Who's really tough and who's faking? Wow. All right, I like that one. Hey, listen, man, we got 30 seconds. We're going to have to, this has been a great show. I thank both of you for, for coming in and joining us today. Thanks, of course, you've been uh, listening to uh, Dwayne Milner, and Dwayne is from Elevator Sports. He's been a great guest for me. And, of course, the number one scout in the world, Kelvin Fisher with the Pittsburgh Steelers, has been on the show with me as well. Fish, Super Bowl? That's the plan. I'm going to see you at the Super Bowl. I like that. I'm going to see Fish in New Orleans. It's going to be a great time. All right. This is Ray Ellis. You've been listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Me and Fish going to be hanging out in New Orleans. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.